0: Is there a witch in the woods? A curse on your camp? A haunting in your home? It's time to find out. Welcome to the Cow Hour. I'm your host, Briar. And I'm Nora. And this week we've watched Friday the 13th Part 2, released in 1981, directed by Steve Miner and written by Ron Kurz. Uh, We have any business?
1: No, we really never do, huh?
0: Nah, we should have something to put up top here. This is an empty (laughs) segment. Has anything scared you this week, Nora? <laughs> ooh. Ooh.
1: Um yeah, ice. And by which I mean the weather. Okay. Uh I have to specify <laughs> specifically. That. Yeah, I mean the other one always, but specifically. We had some freezing rain over the last night. Uh it's snowing right now, it looks like. Uh but just coming even just coming up the driveway was like, oh, I'm going out of control here. <laughs> So, that was spooky. Uh, I avoid that by not knowing how to drive. Well, your country is four square feet, so that makes
0: sense. Uh, Coincidentally enough, that is because driving scares me. Don't like it. Spooky. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) I like
1: this new segment.
0: (laughs) uh, We could maybe find something less Uh, anxiety. Have you watched any other movies? (laughs) Have I watched any other movies? No, we haven't been to the cinema in quite a while. There's a, I'm, I really want to watch Lighthouse and Parasite, and mm, they yes. are like not out here yet. <laughs>
1: uh, Autumn has Parasite and has been trying to watch it for like a week, but hasn't had the
0: time. I want to see on the big cinema, but we still have like a couple of weeks, I think, for both of them. Mm, okay. Which is a pain, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Other than steal them, I guess. I
1: don't don't know about that.
0: Who would steal movies? Absolutely no one would ever do that. Well, speaking of which... Closes (laughs) plex. Who would just just, steal movies? Who just took that (laughs) BPR? Okay, yeah, let's hit the summary. Uh, So, Friday the 13th, part (laughs) 2. Her house, Alice, our survivor from the first movie, flashes back to its events in a fitful sleep before taking a call from her mother. The two argue before Alice heads off to retire for the night. She heads into the kitchen to investigate a noise before being frightened by her cat leaping in from the window. Letting her guard down, she looks in the fridge and screams as she sees the decapitated head of Pamela Voorhees inside. Suddenly, she is grabbed and stabbed from behind. Title card. The title card also explodes.
1: You mentioned at one point it, that you knew that this character was coming back later in another movie, and I wasn't really expecting this. Uh,
0: I think I had read that like, specifically she was brought in as the setup for the second movie. Mm. <laughs> it's a bummer because I liked Alice, and now she's dead.
1: Yeah. This movie... I, didn't
0: noti- Sorry. I, just, I
1: didn't notice that it was uh, Pamela Voorhees' head at the time.
0: But oh, I, I just assumed it was. It, I, if I remember, it looks a little different than does in the later shots. Opens Plex back up. Let me check. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, it looks kind of mummified later on, but this is only two months after. The first right,
1: movie. yeah. The recap of the first movie takes, like, seven minutes.
0: Yeah, they really go in for it.
1: <laughs> Which is... At the time, I was like, that's a weird choice. You don't even have 90 minutes in this movie. And you want to spend, like, a, almost 10% of it recapping the first movie. But then, as we'll see, like, kind of not a lot happens in this movie after that. for yeah. long stretches. So, on that front, I can understand... Uh,
0: needing to put more things into it. It's not like they even rely on this setup either, right? Because this is all relitigated later. Um, I'm thinking of like the section in the bar. Yes, yeah. Um, so, after the title card has finished exploding, uh, a car pulls up to a gas station, and Jeff and Sandra, uh, our first two characters of any importance, pour out to go call their friend from a nearby phone booth. Uh, and they are warned by our good friend and neighbor ralph that they are doomed thank god ralph is here i'm sure he will live through <laughs> this movie um they continue making their call the car being visibly towed in the background which they do eventually notice they chase after it it takes comedically long for them to notice it yes i i like the scene because it's it's like it's one of those shots where the important thing is in the background, and is, like, foreground... Well, mm-hmm. not foreground, but it's the centre of the shop. I don't like it when movies do that. I don't know if there is a word for that. Mm, no idea. Other than just, like, framing a background shot well or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they chase after the truck, and eventually it pulls up alongside... Who else but their friend's house, the towing revealed to be a prank. Their friend is Remy from Ratatouille, uh, and they help him pack up and continue heading out <laughs> towards their destination. Which I believe in the conversations is to be like the uh, like a camp counselor training thing. Uh-huh. Um, assumedly. Maybe near a spooky lake. We'll never Ooh. know.
1: I do want to take issue with a thing that you just said. Mm-hmm. The boy from Ratatouille is named Linguini. Remy oh. is the rat. <laughs> he does have a rat-like face. Well, I but
0: <laughs> I have referred to him as Remy throughout the rest of my summary notes, and I will be sticking to it. <laughs> His name is Linguini, please and thank you. Can I? Can I control F? I can replace in Word. Oh wait, no, I can't replace. <laughs> He's Remy. I'm sorry. The decision was made. <laughs> Uh, the group encounters a fallen tree on the road and gets out to move it. Sandra finds an old sign for Camp Crystal Lake in the tree line nearby, which Remy refers to as Camp Blood, explaining that it's on the same land- lake that they are headed to. Someone watches them from the tree line as they pile back into the truck and set off again. Um, this is the first of like many, many, many first-person perspective shots that this movie uses. It goes much harder on them than even the first one did. I feel like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, too much. Lesser effect, but we'll get to that. Uh, a little later, Paul, who is the, the sort of leader of this camp counsellor training camp, assembles his new trainee counsellors, and we meet the cast. Paul gives his speech about what the counsellor training is for, but is interrupted as Ginny pulls up late, her car backfiring. They walk off, and Paul grills her about her lateness before they briefly kiss, and Paul gets back to explaining safety tips to the counsellors. He ends up having to help her with her car, and we learn that Ginny is majoring in child psychology. That night, Paul tells the counselors the story of Camp Blood, and the legend of Jason, claiming that he haunts the wilderness nearby, killing those that invade it. At the apex of his story, Remy leaps out with a spear and a mask to frighten them all, and Paul explains that <laughs> there was nothing mythical about what happened to Crystal Lake, so they should all forget about it and move on. He's also naked except for a
1: bunch of, like, animal skins, which is a choice.
0: Yeah, he really committed to this bit. Um,
1: That spear will come back later. That's a very important spear.
0: Yeah, he seems sort of like the second in command here at the camp, so I assumed he would have Mm -hmm. more of a central role in the movie than he does. Just kind of disappears. Yeah. I would argue that he makes some very smart choices in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, uh, so they all hang around for a little while being watched from the windows by a mysterious figure, and Ginny heads off to bed. Asandra tries to convince Jeff to take her to Camp Crystal Lake, and Ginny is surprised at her cabin by Paul, with romantic intent. Ralph observes them from a the window, but is garrotted from behind. It is a, a huge misstep to kill off such a flagship character so early in the movie. <sighs> what will we do Rest about? in peace? I, I genuinely thought, I don't know why I thought he would stick around for a bit more, but he just seemed, like, too too adjacent to the story to be killed, but I guess not. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Ralph.
1: This, this,
0: this ain't your granddad's Friday the 13th. No, unfortunately. Uh, in the morning, the counselors all go for a run where they are watched from the woods again. Jason gets remarkably close and not of notice him, despite Ginny almost looking directly at him, assuming that this perspective is Jason and they're not just doing a wobbly camera deal. It's
1: a little unclear when the first-person camera is actually physically Jason and when it's just spooky camera, which I think is one of the problems with this movie. Yeah, I
0: feel like you can't do that.
1: Yeah, like, if you're gonna do the first-person shot thing, I feel like you have to... Be, have a little bit more intent there. And it's like, yeah, I understand that like, oh, you don't know wh- whether or not they see him, but it's like it does stretch the believability
0: a little bit when he's hiding behind a fern. Yeah. um, Like it is moments later where Terry, Terry is looking for her dog and looks also directly at him from literally not maybe like two or three feet away. But mm-hmm. does not seem to notice that he's there. Uh, and Ginny also misses, misses him a second time while she's putting a chainsaw back in what I assumed was storage, but is later revealed to just be her cabin.
1: Right, that's the shot where the camera is from behind of two
0: leaves. <laughs> mm. um, Sandra manages to convince Jeff to sneak off to Camp Crystal Lake with her, and they find a dead dog. They two are being watched, but before they can be murdered, are interrupted by a cop. Deputy Winslow, who escorts them back to the camp and pushes Paul to be strict with the counsellors. Paul, for his credit here, is pretty dismissive of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of gives them like a joking punishment of no seconds at dessert. <laughs> uh, Winslow drives off and notices a man run across the road and into the forest. He gets out of his car to give chase and comes across a shack in the woods, which he investigates. Inside, he opens a door to see something that shocks him but before he can do anything about it, is struck from behind with the back of a hammer and killed. Um, so, Jason hates cops, confirmed. Hell yeah. Uh, Jason is um, an ally. Also... <laughs> 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 hmm.
1: um, the dog that they find is the same type of dog as that other character brought. Hmm, spooky. They do but also... It's...
0: Jeff and Sandra as they go back up to the beach remark that they are not going to tell Terry that they have seen that. Mm-hmm. I also, like,
1: who brings their dog to camp? I mean, well, okay, a bi- a big dog, understandable. A tiny little house dog for inside dog, not 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 a camp dog. That's not a camp dog.
0: I mean, as we will see shortly, Terry also just like doesn't wear underwear ever. Apparently, so she's making <coughs> all kinds true. of decisions. I support her. Valid TBH. <laughs> um I don't know like what sort of I don't know anything about states. Is it is it hot there? Is it cold there?
1: Where is Camp Crystal Lake?
0: Who knows, really.
1: Where I...
0: is I've only village. ever been to Florida, so America is is Florida to me. And I know that's uh... not right, but
1: this is giving me directions to a real place called Camp Crystal Lake in Florida.
0: Okay, I remember Florida being very hot, which
1: maybe I want in fiction though. Come on, yes, Friday the Thirteenth fandom. Here we go. Uh, okay, it's in New Jersey.
0: What's the uh, what's the New Jersey report? I don't know. I think about that one.
1: New Jersey's up in the in the top right. It's over by New York.
0: Is that a uh... Is that warm? Is that cold?
1: No, no. It's it's very it's very north. Okay, so uh, it, I don't it imagine is, it gets very warm up there. It
0: is very strange that she's doing less Then we'll we'll get to it. This is later. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh no, it's not. It's, it is the next thing that night. Remy, Paul, and Ginny, and the other counsellors who aren't important enough to be in the movie anymore, head out for a night on the town. Terry walks off alone to look for her dog and strips off to go swimming. At the main camp house, Jeff and Sandra slip off upstairs while Vicky flirts with Mark, um, who has been arm wrestling people for most of this movie.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, while Terry finishes her swim, she has her clothes stolen by Scott, who runs off with them like a creep until he gets caught in a rope snare, which, uh, the kind that pulls you up and leaves you dangling by your feet.
1: Very, uh, very
0: cartoonish. Yeah. Um, things are about to get decidedly less cartoony, though, unfortunately.
1: Oh, no they aren't. I will bar- I have a comment
0: in the chamber. Uh, well, let's get quickly to that then. So Terry races off to find a knife to cut him down with, uh, tossing a towel directly at her observer on the way without noticing. While she searches, Jason grabs Scott and cuts his throat with a machete, leaving him dangling for Terry to discover.
1: She- and when he does, he cuts him with the back side of the machete.
0: Yeah, I thought that was strange.
1: And that's not the only character to be killed with the blunt edge of a machete. It's it's weird and goofy, and I don't know if they even noticed.
0: Um, it is just you know Jason's sheer strength. Oh, so right. So powerful is he. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> he
1: he can cut down a tree with a rusty katana.
0: Done right, he can. Like ah. Schwartz Bruder. <laughs> <laughs> So, Terry tries to flee, but is also caught and killed off-screen. Back at the bar, Jeannie explains what the movie is about, positing that losing his mother might have driven Jason, if he exists, into a murderous frenzy in order to somehow bring her back. Uh, She uses some real shitty language in the process that I don't know if was, like, clinical in the 80s or not, but no thanks either way.
1: Yeah, don't know much about that, but uh, this, um... It seemed like she gives, she puts a lot of effort into like trying to explain the behavior of Jason because, as we are reminded, she's a child psychologist. Yes. Um, Which. and no one else is having it. They're just like, they're drunk and they're assholes about it, and they don't care. Mm. And then, um, Linguini is there, and he's <laughs> doing like bits with his empty beer bottles and stuff, and. Um, Ginny's just kind of
0: peeved. Strangely, she thinks her child psychology major gives her, like, the ability to psychoanalyze a serial killer. Slash, like... Force of nature? Slash, like... Whatever it's called when, like,
1: a person grows up in the in the wilderness outside of... Without people. I don't know. There's, like, a word for that. I don't remember what it is.
0: Mm, I mean, grows up, apparently, most mostly in a lake. Yeah. Um... Disappointing eating... that this film seems to eschew his aquatic capabilities.
1: Yeah, he doesn't swim at all. Wait, hold on. He's a bad swimmer, that's the thing.
0: Oh, true, but he did live in that lake for a very long time, as far as I'm it's concerned. because he
1: couldn't get out. He just couldn't get out. It took him a couple <laughs> decades to get out. <laughs> I mean, I would argue
0: that if he was trapped in the lake for a few decades and did not sufficiently drown, he's actually a very good swimmer. <laughs> Ah yes, Goku rules. (laughs) Yeah, I mean maybe maybe the real Jason is off in like some sort of fishman situation, and this Jason Mm. just kind of happened to find a head one day and was like, this is my thing now. (laughs) I'm all about this head. (laughs) 2020, I'm all about this.
1: (sighs) (sighs) So 2020, the year of head. (laughs) God.
0: I'm (laughs) untagging myself from this. Uh, so, Jeff and Sandra slip upstairs to have sex, while Vicky asks Mark very rudely, I believe, if his dick works mm-hmm. and lights up a joint.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's just like, so, uh, the wheelchair mean you don't fuck?
0: And he's like, Well, no. no, I do alright. Um, which, uh... cool, Mark. <laughs> we, we get a lot less time to characterize most of these people, and I guess Vicky's deal is that she smokes weed and fucks, which, okay.
1: Mood. Same.
0: <laughs> I support her. If only I could live this truth. <laughs> uh, Vicky invites him to sleep with her, and she then heads off to her cabin to put her slightly nicer underwear on. Uh, and also swap into a, a jumper, for some reason. A is a sexier than, like, other tops. What's a jumper? Uh, like a sweater. God, I forget you don't uh. call them that. <laughs> um... I don't remember this scene. Uh, she has like a long-sleeved brown top on or something and swaps it out for a sweater.
1: Oh, a sweater.
0: <laughs> this is the scene where she like puts perfume on, right? Yes.
1: Which is something that they were told not to do because this is bear country.
0: Oh, and as we will find out, a bear appears in the next scene. Yeah, so get ready for that. Uh, she runs out to a nearby car to look for her hairbrush and a storm picks up. Rain suddenly begins pouring as Mark goes outside to look for Vicky and is attacked with a machete. It is buried pretty firmly in his face, and he rolls backwards down a flight of stairs, dead. And just like with Ralph,
1: whenever they do a murder, the screen fades to white. Um, And they do play the wheelchair going down the stairs twice from two different angles, Uh, but it is the same shot. And then it just, halfway down the stairs, it just, like, freeze frame and fades to white. So you know that, you know
0: he's dead. Damn. That, that's how you know when someone's dead. People die when the screen fades mm-hmm. to white. Yes, clenches fist. <laughs> uh, Jason enters the camp building and takes the spear from earlier, which he heads upstairs with and uses to impale both Sandra and Jeff on while they are making love.
1: I guess he inherited his mother's upper body strength because remember when she used an arrow to stab through a bed and a person?
0: Yeah, I think that one in the first one. It is. It is. This is definitely like. um, Remember that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a re—not like a retread, but like sort of a twist on it, and it's not as good. Which is just this movie is kind of a trying to do it like. Uh, reapproaching what the first movie was and not doing it as good, in my opinion. But we'll get more of yeah. that in a
0: minute. Jimmy uh, and Paul drive back to the camp, and Remy makes the life-saving decision to keep drinking and said, "This is the last we see of him." Um, so I assume, I assume he survives, unless he finds some other way yeah. to pass. I mean,
1: I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get to it a little later. But do you want explanations about like what happens after the events of this movie? Too bad. <laughs> um, there is no ending. There is no conclusion. The movie just stops.
0: So, from my <laughs> understanding, the next movie is a direct... Like a... Well, this one was a direct sequel, but it is a less of a time skip direct sequel. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I haven't looked more obviously, because I don't want the spoilers. Right. Uh, we'll get there. Vicky returns to look for Mark, but discovers Sandra's body instead. We see Jeff's corpse in the background, also as she stares at this in disbelief. And Jason leaps out from beneath the covers of the bed and stabs Vicky to death. This is a this is an okay scene, I think, as far as this movie goes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. This one this one got me before I saw Jason and uh, not Jason Jeff hanging in the background. I was like, yeah, of course, it's the two bodies in the bed. No. <laughs> uh, Paul and Ginny arrive back at the camp as Jason drags away the corpses. They look around the now-empty building, finding the blood upstairs, and the lights go out. They return downstairs to investigate, and Ginny manages to spot Jason lurking in the dark, just in time to warn Paul. The two brawl on the floor while Ginny does absolutely nothing to help. Jason appears to emerge victorious, chases her through the house, Ginny discovering Ralph's dead body stashed in the pantry before climbing through a window to escape. It falls
1: out like a Metal Gear body
0: in a locker. It's very like funny. it's
1: standing up,
0: and then he, she opens the door, and it just flops out. This section from like the boss scene to here is really good. I think it's the highlight of the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just like oh, he's trying to set up all the bodies like like his mom did in the last one. Just like his mom. Instead of instead of having elaborate shots for like they jump through windows or like flop down from the ceiling, they just kinda of fall out of the
0: fall out of the pantry. They're just there. The scene where they go into the dark room and Ginny's is just like there's someone in here. Is maybe the only like genuinely scary part of the movie, I feel like. hmm That would like fuck yeah. me up if I was in a dark room and someone was just like, there were three people in here. <laughs> um would have been better if she did anything to help. She just kind of watches. <laughs> Um, but but yeah. She put
1: all their stats into psychology
0: uh, That's true, she has very high intelligence but no strength
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, Ralph's body coming out of the pantry just like he hid in there in the first movie is also very funny Oh yeah <laughs> um, So that's two shots we have of someone opening a pantry door and Ralph just fo- kind of falling out of it <laughs>
1: I hope every pantry that they open in the other movies just has (laughs) Ralph in it.
0: It's just pantries full of Ralph across the world. Uh, Ginny rushes out to her car and finds herself stuck as it won't start. And Jason looms outside the window. He tears open the roof with a pitchfork to try and unlock the car door, but Ginny pushes it open and knocks him down a small hill, which does not seem to defeat him for very long, because she runs off and manages to narrowly evade him, basically leaping out of the tree line towards her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just kind of flies directly at her. Very impressive. <laughs> she makes it to a cabin where she hides under the bed. Jason struggles to find her, uh, but a small rat comes near her, and this apparently scares her enough that she pees everywhere, giving herself away.
1: I imagine just the the fear of the whole situation is at play, but it is kind of funny. So, oh, we do have Linguini, and now we have Remy.
0: Oh, that's true. Here he was the entire time.
1: I didn't realize that Ratatouille was like oh, a, a reference to an homage to Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, but here we are.
0: Yeah, I, I mean they didn't want to make it too obvious, so they did swap the names. This is Linguini the Rat.
1: Oh, gotcha. Um, also, no one dies in Ratatouille. It's a little
0: little subtle change. True, true. They they did shift the focus a little bit hmm hmm Uh, hearing the door close and not able to see Jason's feet, Junie climbs out from underneath the bed to discover that Jason has stood on a chair, poised to strike. The chair breaks. This is so goofy. Yeah, it's very funny. The chair immediately breaks and sends him off target. <laughs> uh, as he struggles on the floor, she takes the opportunity to take the chainsaw from her cupboard and slash him with it, eventually also striking him with a chair as they follow up before fleeing again. Um, very funny that the the cupboard is just where she keeps the chainsaw.
1: Yeah, that's the... That's the that's the saw ca- cabinet.
0: Uh, we that's all where that one.
1: goes. Uh, it's very funny that, like, of course she doesn't, like, pick up the saw and, like, keep it or, like, use
0: it more or whatever. No. I'm starting to think that the, um... The image of... I guess both Pamela Voorhees and also Jason as, like, very tenacious, always coming back... Is less on the like endurance and more on the fact that nobody ever, you know, kind of puts puts that extra little bit of effort in.
1: Which movie do you think will have the like nascent self awareness to try and like lampshade that or like make a like maybe not make a joke about it but like be aware enough to point that out?
0: I feel like movie three probably. I think they go through this quickly. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. It's worth noting that like, uh, a lot of these movies... I'm just going to pull up the like, page
0: here. The first movie's the same, right? Pamela Voorhees gets knocked to the floor like three times before. Ah, oh, she's a Zelda boss.
1: Yeah. My point being that um, so but the first one came out in 1980 and the eighth one came out in 1989 so these are almost yearly movies so it's uh, I'm curious like how fast the like being aware of itself manifests in that way you know I feel
0: like it's quick right because a lot of slashes are just very not even like derivative of the genre at large they are very like self derivative Mm -hmm.
1: I know that the next one is directed by the same director as this this one
0: Hmm. Um, I think he, this was the... He didn't direct the first one, right? Oh, Sean is Cunningham did. Okay. So she flees off again, heading out along a, a familiar path before heading at a shack in the woods. She enters to search for help, but Jason has already taken up a chase again and she barricades herself in a small room before realising that it contains a shrine topped with Pamela Voorhees' decaying head, some of her clothes, and the bodies of Terry and Deputy Winslow. Not sure why he dragged Terry's body all the way out here and nobody else's, but sure. Because it's a girl. Oh, maybe. I mean, he killed Vicky, right? I'm guessing. Vicky got killed. If that's... Is she not in here? No. That's Terry, there's Deputy Winslow, and there is a body that is, like, too old to be identified. Who's probably um... Alice, right? Now that I think about it. That might make sense. Because this is some months after she's disappeared. Uh,
1: you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to check the wiki. Ooh. Because I bet the wiki has a page on this little shack. Maybe? Mm, Maybe? Some shack trivia? Shack facts? You got any shack facts for me? The dog Muffin has, has its own wiki page. Oh, the
0: key character Muffin.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, A rustic shrine dedicated to Jason's dead mother and the dead, Winslow, Terry, and Alice.
0: Okay, that is not something that occurred to me while watching the movie, but that makes sense, thinking back.
1: Uh, I don't know why those three specifically, but... I mean, Alice, obviously. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's a a revenge one. I guess Deputy Winslow was already here as well. So Terry is definitely the weird outlier.
1: Yeah... Um also to just to specify the shrine has Pamela's sweater pants uh, and machete as well as some candles.
0: yeah, uh he did watch Terry like strip off maybe it's a weird a weird sex thing hmm, but he didn't do that with the it... <sighs> hmm,
1: I forget what ter let me just double check which character Terry is real quick, okay, mm-hmm. right dog girl
0: dog girl yes uh
1: oh hmm interesting
0: what fact
1: have you discovered nora i discovered the fact that in one of the books uh some characters discover this this uh shack uh glow trick and Mall a trio of teenage goths who became lost while searching for Camp Crystal Lake. Shortly after finding Terry's body, Glow and Trick contact the authorities, who later find the shack and move Terry's corpse and the others out of it. However, the events of this novel are non-canon to the original series.
0: Hmm. Doesn't really answer my question.
1: (laughs) Actually, on the Terry page, there's a note about her being placed at the shrine.
0: Just that she was placed there, or...?
1: Terry was the only one of Paul's murdered staff to be brought to Jason's shack and placed at the shrine. The only people at the time of her murder who knew where her body was were Paul and Ginny and would have been the only ones who could prove she was actually dead. But as Paul disappeared after Jason attacked the lodge, only Ginny was left to know the truth. Uh... Police found no shack and her her account was believed. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> okay. In real life, Terry is considered a fan favorite in the Friday the 13th community, mostly because of Terry being the first
0: woman showed fully nude in the series. Cool. Thank you. I guess maybe it's family. just that to, to confirm that guess yeah, she was like killed off screen.
1: Yeah, I guess
0: so. So, Ginny traps herself in that, and while Jason tries to break down the door, she dons Mrs. Voorhees' sweater and pretends to be her. She picks up the machete as well. Uh, this she, this seems to give Jason pause, and she continues the act while trying to beckon him close enough that she can kill him, the uh, child psychology major at work here.
1: I will say that um, I just had been scrolling through the wiki summary, which is even longer uh, of a summary, but it describes it as a trance. And I think in the video game, you can do this in like the multiplayer game, you can use the sweater to put Jason in a trance? That does make to, sense. like, fight him?
0: As she raises the machete, however, Jason notices the head on the shrine behind her and blocks the blow with his pick. Uh, he slashes at Ginny, but Paul reappears and grabs him, occupying him long enough for Ginny to grab the machete again and bury it in Jason's shoulder. He collapses to the floor, seemingly dead. Ginny <laughs> unmasks him, and the two seem disgusted by what they see, but we don't get to see it quite yet. Um... They return. Also, when she
1: uh, attacks him and does like the final blow, it does do the slow motion as the same as it was in the first movie when uh,
0: Pamela was about to be beheaded. Oh, true. Yes, we get kind of a lingering shot on that. Not the last one of the movie, but it is. No. No. <laughs> Definitely trying to sort of sell the movie, sell the fact that he is dealt with while we still have couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two return to Ginny's cabin, believing the night's events to be over until they hear a rattle by the door. It turns out to be nothing more than Terry's dog finally showing up, which distracts them both as Jason dives in through the window to grab Ginny and drag her outside. Uh, during the attack, the camera deeply like rebels and focuses on Jason's facial disfigurement. The idea of someone having them mm-hmm. clearly a lot scarier to the filmmakers than Any of the murderers, the star, that did not get this treatment? Mm Mm-hmm. And Ginny reawakens as she's been carried into an ambulance. Paul and Jason are nowhere to be seen, but it is revealed that the head of Mrs. Voyez remains on the shrine. And that is Friday the 14th, part two. Largely inferior to its predecessor. Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, A lot of this movie is just like, oh, you didn't... You're just kind of like doing it again? And like, that can be an intentional thing and like a meaningful thing. But they really don't like... There's not much here where they could be like, oh, it's like talking about generational trauma or like the cycles of violence. It's just, it's it just happens again. And they don't, there's, it doesn't feel like there, there's any theming or like intent behind that. It's just that Jason is this way and he's doing this thing, which is like, this is the first time it's happened. That it's Jason instead of his mom because his mom killed the other people, so it's it feels weirdly jumbled. Like, like they they don't have a clear thematic intent with the character yet. Um,
0: I I also feel like it's missing like a lot of the charm the first movie had.
1: Yeah, I I like I think I liked those
0: characters more in the first one. Definitely, we got more time with them, right? Like this movie has it it disperses with them about halfway through just to focus on the main guest, but it does feel mm. like it has twice as many characters and they are all, like, also twice as, like, twice as horny and also twice as stupid.
1: Yeah, but, like, in the first one, there was a lot of things, a lot of scenes of setting things up. Like, they had the archery scene early on and there was a thing, there were scenes in, like, locations that would come up later and that i didn't feel like this location was as fleshed out like crystal lake feels more fleshed out and more almost like its own character uh in retrospect than this new location does i it just it just seems weaker maybe like because the set there's not as many different sets or like the area is smaller, but it was just not as interesting, and, like, I don't know, There's just, like, it did just lose a lot of charm that the first one had.
0: It feels like it does a lot of running back and forth between, like, the main camp house and very nondescript cabins. Yes. Um, like, the only reason I know that that was Jeannie's cabin is because it's the one she puts the chainsaw in.
1: Oh, Okay. We didn't even get a scene where they all, like, tore up a bedroom to fight a
0: snake. No, that was a key scene. Where was it? You gotta have a snake boss fight. Gotta have a snake boss fight. I'm also kind of annoyed that, like, all the characters it introduces as part of this group and then front loads. Like, hmm, weird that all the ones it keeps are all the white people.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to Autumn during, like, a break from the movie, and it's like, would you uh you would you think that the um the black character is killed first no he has no lines and is removed from the film before anything interesting even happens
0: yep he goes off into a bar and we don't see him again
1: yeah same with like there's uh there's an asian woman in the group as well like everyone who isn't just the most basic white teen image is just kind of scraped away uh, and we're left with this six characters? Is that right? Uh, Or four? Jeff,
0: Sandra, Vicky, Mark, Scott, Terry, Jimmy, Paul also, I guess. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's like eight I can do numbers. Yes.
1: That's eight. And again, we have one survivor. I think. Like, the ending doesn't say anything about anything. We don't even have the scene where she's talking to a cop at the end in a hospital bed like the first movie. Nope. We have no context for what happened or who is alive. It just kind of stops, which I was frustrated with, uh, which is why I brought it up three times. (laughs) Um, It doesn't even stop on, like, a good
0: scene either, right?
1: No, it's just, like, halfway through an attack, it just fades out to her being put in an
0: ambulance and then it leaves. That's just, like, one of the thing of Alice being pulled into the lake was scarier. And that kind of The
1: head on the shrine is good. That's cool. The,
0: the long shot of the head on the shrine, I was, like, very worried it was going to jump scare me, which I would not
1: appreciate. I thought it was going to open its eyes. <laughs> That's
0: exactly what I was waiting for. Give it another couple movies. Oh, maybe. God, you think the heads? are... There are, are two...
1: Them? There are two Friday the 13th movies with the word final in them.
0: I mean, ever since the last one until it still keeps making money, right?
1: <laughs> there's uh, the final chapter, which is the fourth one. And then there's the final Friday, which is the ninth
0: one. There was Fridays after that? What? There's many Fridays. They can't call it the final Friday. I mean, it's the final Friday. The next two movies after the
1: final Friday are Jason X and Freddy vs. Jason, which is listed as a uh, Friday the 13th entry on this chart.
0: Did we get any confirmation at any point that this movie occurred on Friday the 13th? Uh, That's a good question. Because I do not remember seeing a calendar. Because they would have mentioned it during the horror story, right? Like, oh, on this day...
1: Yeah. Um, no, I'm looking at the wiki and the, the Wookie. I'm looking at the wookie Uh and he's not telling me anything about
0: yeah. when it's set. I thought Wikipedia had all the answers. <laughs> oh well. You wanna move on to these questions? I think we are pretty aligned yeah. on our feelings on part two. Yeah, it's it's kinda of some vague disappointment, I guess. Yeah, Jason doesn't have anything on his mother.
1: Yeah. Like our first foray into having like Jason here as like the main killer, and it's just kind of drab, I guess.
0: Can we get Pamela back?
1: I wish. Um, yeah, just like the sweater thing is interesting and weird. Um, it's kind of the only cool part of this movie to me.
0: But yeah, it's it's the payoff to her child psychology thing, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, because like I guess Jason is supposed to have like the mind of a child strapped in a, a man's body, like like they said at the bar scene.
0: Yeah, kind of, kind of bringing back the ableism for this one. I'm sure it'll oh, stick course. around. Um, we got some questions from Tron. Thank you, Tron. Uh, what did you think of the soundtrack for this movie? Uh, after remembering to look for the soundtrack last week, I completely forgot to listen after it this one. I don't remember it. I felt like
1: they kinda only had the one thing, which is the music with the with the with the little voice effects from the main theme of Friday the thirteenth. Um and in this one they use that a lot more than the first one. And it's like, oh, you're like realizing that this is the main thing and, like, this is the motif of the of the franchise now and you're going to use that specifically way more now, yeah. which means that it's going to probably get a little boring. They
0: figured out which is the song that people remember. Yes, exactly. Uh, what was your favorite kill? I feel like they were less... Like, this was an easy question to answer for the first one. hmm Not so much for this one. Uh, it's probably the Vicky one, right? Him jumping out of the bed is incredibly <laughs> funny.
1: I like the spear, just from, like... It's... The thing where people just get stabbed through beds is very funny. <laughs> we have a question about the fashion in the movie. Especially about the top Terry wears during the skinny dipping scene, which I think is like a
0: cut-off t-shirt. Yeah, it's kind of a... Yeah, a a is probably the best way to figure it.
1: Uh the only note I remembered about the fashion is that the head guy Paul um looks good in a turtleneck. He's got a good chin for
0: it. A lot of good shots in this movie. Oh yeah. I wish it was the weather where I could wear shots. Unfortunately it is freezing outside so I cannot. I wear pants year round. That's just the person I am. I've really come at the shots this last year. Oh, I was yeah. never a shots person before, but I've become a changed person. Who's your favorite character? Definitely Remy Linguini. You can't say Ralph. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I've decided that's his his surname now. Oh, okay. (laughs) Mr. Linguini. Yeah, the character's evolving as we go through. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, It's called character development. Look it up. He's just kind of goofy on all his scenes and not on medicine, which is always good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, I think same, honestly. Uh, Did you find this movie to be funny? I laughed when Jason fell from the chair. Yeah, that is a goofy moment because it's like that chair just decides to give out as soon as she sees it, which is funny. Yeah.
0: Um, Um, It definitely has its moments, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of like the the Jason on the chair stuff, Ralph coming out the pantry.
1: Yeah, not as much humor as I would like, uh, intentional or otherwise, but you know. There's there's bits of that in it. Yeah. Uh what are your thoughts on the scene in the bar? Did you
0: feel bad that uh Vicky wasn't able to hook up with Mark in this movie? Uh not really. Like we didn't get really any development. Like what do we know about Mark? Um nothing. He was injured in a motorcycle crash.
1: Yeah. Uh I actually had to look up who Vicky was when I got the when I first read the question because I couldn't remember the characters apart, but um
0: Yeah, we know nothing about these people, right? It is basically impossible. Yeah.
1: Um, Her flirting game is pretty on point, I will say.
0: Very powerful. Very forward.
1: Yes. I'm a big fan. Uh, That's that's all I have to say about that, I guess. Um, There's a couple more questions here that I think we already answered, which means it's time for me to take you to hell. Hell yeah. We're going to go to Funko.com. This is what I live for. uh, Ooh. uh, Front page, we are greeted with the London Toy Fair reveals.
0: Ooh. What is that? What cursed products have they brought to my show? Uh, We have Easy E. Ah, the famous rapper.
1: Uh, We have Nancy and Bonnie from The Craft.
0: Who and who from the what? Craig Jones from Slipknot. Oh, Craig, he helps us with recording. Yeah,
1: and we remember Slipknot from last week. Yes. How could I forget? Um, we have Salt from Salt and Pepper, and Peppa from Salt and Pepper. A lot of, like, old musicians. Frank Beard from ZZ Top. Sid Wilson from Slipknot. v male from Cyberpunk 2077. Oh. Not female, v male. Um... Lil Wayne, Hobbs and Shaw from Hobbs and Shaw, Uh, Shania Twain from Shania Twain.
0: Really just picking up the characters that, you know, Funko collectors are so invested in.
1: There's also a bunch of X-Men characters that I don't know either. Are the X-Men doing anything? What? Are the X-Men, like, doing anything right now? I don't know. I still haven't seen Dark Phoenix, so I want to. Uh, Anyway, Friday the 13th. Part two is what we're searching for today. Um Well, as is our tradition, you will be type you will be ranking the Funko that first comes up when I type in the name of the movie.
0: From your tone, I'm assuming that not the expected Funko.
1: Um well here's here's the link. You will be ranking uh Spartan Warrior Blue <laughs> from Halo four <laughs>
0: Um <laughs> okay so I'm gonna be honest I don't remember seeing him in the movie maybe I wasn't paying attention I think maybe maybe I missed a scene when I got up to refill my drink or something so apologies on that friend mm-hmm. I know people I know people really like to I me mean, to have the movie fresh in my mind when I I do the fun card criticism mm-hmm. uh, with that out of the way I'm gonna be straight here the rifle is a little bit low definition uh it looks like the plastic is just kind of Mm-hmm. Not really detailed enough to pull off that kind of that style of rifle they could have gone with something mm-hmm. simpler, but they they've chosen not to uh on the picture on the box, I see that the visor is yellow, but on the model it seems to be silver actually, so i'm gonna gonna have to dock some more points of that mm. um, mm-hmm. aside from that, you know maybe it's just because I haven't played halo four but very unremarkable figure here, uh, yeah, pretty pretty generic looking sci-fi armor. Not something I'm super into. It doesn't even really look like Master Chief. No. I, if this didn't have Spartan Warrior Blue written on the box, wouldn't I be able to tell you it was a Spartan? <laughs> um, so, with that in mind, unfortunately, it is going to be another zero funk out of five.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I did type in just Friday the 13th and found some Jasons. uh the only one of note is that the first one that came up is seems to be an 8-bit
0: Funko Pop. Oh, they made them even less detailed?
1: You can't give this one a rating because you can only rate one Funko per episode, as we all know. But you can look at this one. I'm, I've linked it to you.
0: Oh, it's a Minecraft, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> it genuinely looks like a Minecraft screenshot. That's very funny to me. I know that probably seems like a silly thing to say because that's that is... Also awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what pixels look like, but I stand by it.
1: That's what pixels are.
0: Um But that's There does seem to be some Jason Voorhees Funko cereal linked beneath. Ooh. Which is Ooh. just a very strange product to
1: me. Love to pay twenty one dollars for a box of cereal.
0: It's a tasty treat that's fun to eat um does it include a small Jason Voorhees mm, Multi-grain cereal yeah. funk o's who's this for? um also I feel like but, to see the the depiction of Jason that is like the canonical one is the hockey mask and we haven't seen that yet
1: yeah we haven't i think that starts in the third one maybe
0: i think you're correct though
1: that would make sense
0: but i, I mean i guess when you have a nine movie series the iconic things don't have to show up immediately
1: Uh, Excuse you, it is a uh, 10-movie series, plus the crossover, plus the remake of Friday the 13th 1 from 2009.
0: That was a remake?
1: Yes. I'm only just learning about this. I have heard that it is pretty good. But it is just called Friday the 13th. Oh, I love Um, it
0: when people do confusing things like that.
1: It... Was originally conceived as an origin story, but evolved into a reimagining of the first four movies. That's a lot of movie. Um, yeah, so that's a weird thing, because it is like, I don't think they have a Pamela in that movie, you know?
0: Ooh, but she's the best
1: one. So far. So far. Um, I will say, um, Friday the 13th Part 2 came out less than a year Less than a calendar year, technically. Then, uh, after
0: Friday the Thirteenth one. That's a very quick turnaround. Yeah, um, I am looking at a, a figure of Jason here, where he has—he's dual wielding a sword and an axe, both made out of bones. Uh, he has—he's wearing some big belts and chains. Uh, some of his chest is exposed; there are like ribs coming out. Ah, uh, pretty cool design. Hey, no ranking. I didn't rank it, I said it was pretty cool.
1: Mm, you're reviewing. Damn. Reviewing
0: is like ranking. My apologies. I will save my Funko energy <laughs> for next time.
1: <laughs> I think that's all I got for Funko Zone this week. Well, it is always a
0: pleasure to visit the Funko Zone. Is it about time to head out, do you think? I think so. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Nora?
1: Well... You can now find everything I do at norablake.online, which is my website. It's pretty cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at
0: neitherNora Nora as well. I'm so glad you've finally gotten online.
1: <laughs> I'm finally here. have been logged
0: off for so long, but now you're back.
1: I, I know.
0: Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Wegazel. There is links to everything I do there and on my website at wegerzell.com. Nice. Uh, but unfortunately, time's up for the cow hour. You can join us next week as we watch the descent with a special guest. But until then, good night. Good night.